You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Another week of the Screening in Kingston podcast. I've got to remind people where you can find us because the new school year has started and we always see, you know, a small bump in listeners. People find us on CFRC, Taylor. Um, so you got to let them know that we're also a podcast and you can find us wherever you find your podcasts, all apps. Very easy. Yeah. Screeninginkingston.com. You can go to our website. You can send in fan questions. We have a few today to give you an example so maybe if you want to write in a fan question, you can go right on our website, screeningandkingston.com. Find us wherever you find your podcasts. We're all over the place. Excellent. <laughs> good, 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 nice contribution there, Taylor. Um, so, <laughs> well, I felt like I felt like you had really covered it. What was I going to say? I don't know. Ditto. I don't know. I thought maybe you'd have something to add, but you did warn me. You did pre-warn me. You're you're tired this week. I'm very tired. The baby has not been sleeping i mean the baby has never really slept but he is definitely not sleeping this past week and i have hit a wall so i was mvp last week really pulled out all the stops with my selena gomez knowledge so mike it is on you you i'm taking you in you gotta carry the load of this episode well you you feel very you feel very confident about giving yourself that mvp for last week like you're just (laughs) non-apologetically like i was the mvp last week okay well under the circumstances i'm not saying that like it was a quality episode but you told me i'm tired i don't have much going on and i said and i and i will say taylor it was like 35 to 40 minutes of selena gomez so did i not uh, did i not save the day i think that qualifies being mvp you did you saved the day um, well, I, I do have two movies to talk about today. So that's so you're that the MVP. Will, that I will. Yeah, I will. I will speak as much as I can. Um, and yeah, we we do have some fan questions, which is good. Um, I was going to just ask a quick follow up because saying, you know, your baby is not sleeping and hasn't really been sleeping. Do you know how you were as a baby? Like, do you know if you were? A I loved sleep. OK. My parents say that I loved to sleep. I asked my dad, like, oh, did we, did you have to like blackout? So the whole thing, like, now they're like, blackout curtains, make sure your room's pitch black for your baby, blah, blah, blah. So I asked my dad, like, did you have to do any of that? So I was like, no, you and your sister both love to sleep, which is actually a bit of a lie because my sister did not sleep for the first two years of her life. But I I did. I slept. And apparently you could put me in a high chair and I would just, like, play with my food for hours. So apparently I was an amazing baby. So I don't know what I did to deserve this baby that does not sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, maybe maybe Dan was the was the tougher I, baby. I don't know. He's pretty agreeable too. So yeah. we just, anyways. George is a is a sweet, sweet, sweet baby prince, and his only fault is that he wakes up ten times every night. So what he's do? already realized that there's more interesting things out yeah. there than sleep. Yeah. Also, I must be like the funniest person he knows. He wakes up and he's like, okay. 
ready to chat with yeah. you, mama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bring, bring, bring on the good comedy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, there you go. See, that's the problem. It's, it's you're, you're both too, too good. Yeah, you're too funny. You're too good of a parent because they just want to be awake and with you. They're like yeah. sleeping. Well, I'm going to miss something. Exactly. I'm going to miss a moment. Yeah. Well, that's... That being said, um, would love, would love for, <laughs> for him to sleep through the night. Yes, but fair. we'll see. He'll be well, 10 months, 10 months once this episode airs and still has not slept through the night. But what are you going to do? 10 months? Yeah. Can you believe it? He, George will be 10 months. That I can't. No, yeah. that's, I, I would not have guessed. If you would ask me to guess, I wouldn't have said 10. No, there you go. I would have said four. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe less. <laughs> oh, As wow. we so know. Time has no meaning, but yeah, when, 10 months. Okay. So when did you start coming back on the show more regular? I know it was gradual, but it wasn't. So it was only a couple months like after George arrived, I think, because I know you were gone for a bit, but I just didn't realize you you were either gone that much or, or back for this long. It seems like just yesterday that we were covering I episodes. I remember coming on around Christmas and then I think slowly amped up starting in January, but like I wasn't doing every week in January. No, no. Okay. That makes, okay. Yeah. So yeah, like it, in terms of me being back like full time, like maybe four, four months, but yeah, George is 10, 10 months. My little baby is not so little anymore. Not so. We visited, uh, this is people who hate babies are going to be like, skip. Who Um, hates babies? (laughs) Well, <laughs> Wait a minute. You know. Oh, I want to dissect that con. Who hates babies? Like, I can understand you. you know, oh, I'm not, you a, I'm not kids, big but... on kids. I'm not big on kids. I have my you, own, you and that's great. Not. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay. I would have skipped a lot part of the you. podcast about babies. But um, <laughs> we visited uh, friends who have, like, a, a three-week-old. Hmm. And we took a picture of the baby, like, the two babies, like, George and the three-week-old. And, like, the difference... It would blow your mind. Babies really? grow so like George looks huge next to this little three week old. But babies, when they're like fresh, mm-hmm. they are teeny tiny. But it makes sense that they have to come out of their mom somehow. And if they're George's size, that's not happening. So And then they must just be okay, so now it's time to gain weight, grow, get bigger, get big fast. I just I just I don't know. When I think of babies, I just assume like until they're like almost two. They're kind of lumps, and then they kind. Of, but again, I've never had a baby, so I don't know. But yeah, I, I just I would never left, have thought that George left his lump phase by like four months. Wow! So like they're not considered newborns after three months anymore. And like once they can hold their head up on their own, they're like you're good to go. They're less once lumpy. You, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That's that's yeah. a good that's a good goal. Make sure and you he's hold like, your own head up. He's crawling now. He has a tooth. Like he isn't. A wee baby, okay. which is crazy. Ten months, yeah. And so you're. Not, it's funny. You, you you have to be the MVP of every week because you're not sleeping because of the because of the baby. Yet you've watched something somehow every single week, and you try. generally try to watch things <laughs> while he's sleeping. So it must be in chunks. You're watching chunks of he movies. Will, to I get should there. say, like, it's not that he's not sleeping at all. He naps. Hmm. fairly okay um but like i have to like lay down with him every single nap he just wakes up still like every one to two hours every night right right so like i'm getting sleep but it's like snatches of sleep you Mm -hmm. know what i mean 
Yeah. So yeah, not not enough. And he not has enough. just been yeah. I don't know. They say that when they're like going through development, they sleep. Their sleep is dis- disturbed. I'm like, okay, what new skills are you learning? Learn them quick. Ooh. We got to go back to bed. Come on. Yeah, he's learning new skills. That's what they said. <laughs> that's what you think. But he's waking up a lot. He's going to be very skillful. Very very skillful. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> he must um, be well, the smartest baby in the world. With the amount of sleep he's not getting. Which, Anyways. Can, which does lead him down the path we talked about weeks ago of of diving into Tyler Vance movies. Like it sounds like he's going to be, he's an intellectual. He's going to want to yeah. dissect Tyler type movies. And I think, he, I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, you're, you're having a baby. You love movies. He's going to like the exact opposite movies you do and make you sit through so many movies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to it. Um, <laughs> well, I think I think we can get you kind of distracted today because some of the, these fan questions, I think, are very topical for right now. And I, I believe you're going to have some opinions on these. Great. Um, and topical for one of the movies that I reviewed, the one that I think you would like, Taylor. Okay. Um, so this first question um, comes from Jesse. Um, and Jesse is a first-time writer in of a question i think, I think so jesse I, doesn't I sound familiar yeah i don't remember a jesse again we're, we apologize if we're wrong we can't remember everyone's name we try um so jesse wants to know um now that we're into the fall i don't know about both of you but i turn my attention immediately to halloween i'm someone who's really interested in watching halloween movies as much as i can throughout the fall and i'm really glad that the studios have started to release Halloween movies as early as September. However, I am the only person in my family who believes that. I have two siblings who also love Halloween movies. We spend every October doing marathons of Halloween and scary movies, and yet they hate the fact that movies come out so early in the genre. Do either of you have an opinion on when a Halloween movie or a horror movie should come out? And that's from from Jesse. I have some thoughts on this, Taylor, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts are. So uh, I feel it's not too early to watch horror movies. I think you can watch horror movies all year round. Um, I, didn't we mention on the... Didn't I say it's August, so it's Halloween season, and you thought I was crazy? That um, is correct. <laughs> Jesse agrees with me. It's already Halloween season. Okay, you found one. But, Congratulations. <laughs> but I think anything sooner than September is too early for a hor- like a kind of like a quote unquote tentpole like horror movie. Like in the theaters, like, yeah. In the theaters, yeah. Um, nothing stopping you from watching like old horror movies in the summertime but anything sooner than september kind of weird like i'm not going to the movie theaters in august per se maybe august but like june or july weird time to release a horror movie um the sweet spot is october like yeah i'm just surprised that so many movies don't wait till october like even the nun 2 which comes out in another week why wouldn't they just push it back a couple weeks and get into october you yeah, know what I mean, like that would. The Nun is a big enough horror movie, part of a horror franchise. I think it's weird; it's not in October. Yeah, me release. too. Um, cashing in on that Halloween, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I just I've pulled up the Wikipedia because I thought I they started to play they as in YouTube started to play this trailer for the Nun. And Dan does not do horror movies at all. And he's like, oh, right. it's, a, it's a scary movie. We got we to gotta skip the trailer. And so I caught, I, it like just did kind of the end, like title sequence, like The Nun. And it must have been 
the lighting on my TV or something, but I thought, what a stupid thing. Why are they calling the second nun movie The Nun? And then so I had to pull up Wikipedia while you were chatting. It's <laughs> The Nun 2. Two. But like yes, I couldn't two. see the way it's stylized is the it's yeah. Roman numerals two and it's Roman behind numerals, yeah. yes the nine yeah. super yeah. Bat- horrible graphic design and kind of yeah. a kind of a crummy name <laughs> yes um, well okay yes I I I can see your point there um, I think I mean I can't comment on on their graphic design work but I do think that for whatever reason. And probably has to do with the the way they think they can sell the movie. I don't think they think they it matters what they call it because of the Conjuring universe and because of the success of the first Nun movie. I think that they're like fine with it, just being oh it's the Nun two, it's the second one. We didn't right. have to come up with anything. Again, I I would have been happy with the Nun and then like a subtitle like they've been doing with the Conjuring movies. Yeah, agreed. I think that's what even the Annabelle movies like. That's the style they've done like they've been yeah, like Annabelle comes stuff. home yes yeah like they've been throwing the like extra thing in there I think they should have done that with the nun I would agree with you um maybe there just isn't a, the necessary where it's like oh it's a similar enough movie I don't know like where I haven't seen it so we're I mean I'm gonna see it but I don't know why they do that I think my opinion on the horror movie thing is I I think I've talked about this on the show before I'm okay seeing one horror movie in the theater maybe late summer so you so late at night you come out of the theater and it's nice and warm like i do kind of like that type of thing but i'm a big fan of if you have a horror movie starting the first weekend in october you should be releasing horror movies leading up to halloween so i don't know why they would put the nun to this early everything that i've seen from horror movies even the movie i'm going to review today everything i read about why was them pointing to, well, we know it's not going to do great in theaters, so we're trying to build up buzz for a digital release in October. Fair. And then people watch it. Yeah, again, fair. It's just you're kind of giving up on movies at that point. I don't know about you, and it sounds it's like just something. Yeah, it's kind of a cop out. And like, I feel like here we've got, it's only three, but still, that's three examples, you, myself, and Jesse, who would all go to see horror movies in the theaters in October if they were available. So I don't know. I, I think if you're going to release it in September... Why not wait till October? It's sort of my point. You know what? Um, what type of horror movie I wouldn't mind in the summertime? Movies like, do you remember the movie like No Vacancy? Yes. That motel movie. Yes. Yeah. And like The Strangers, like movies that mystery horror. Yeah, more like thriller. Yeah. Than like spooky, scary skeletons. So yes, I, agree. I would say that like those movies would do well in August and I could like, I could see myself sitting down, but, but by and large, yes, I agree with you. Wait until yeah. October. There's one other thing I want to mention about the nun before we move on. Go ahead. Did you see this headline um, about, and I, I'm going to butcher the headline, but essentially the woman who plays the nun mm-hmm. has made like $50,000 and like does not get residuals. It does not get, um, what do they call that? Like um, royalties. So like, you know, like they've made all these like t-shirts and costumes. She doesn't get any any money, even though it's like in her contract. What do you think about that? That's kind of. That's awful because she's sort of perfect as this nun. Like she, she has the look. And I do think it's really tough in a mainly non-vocal role to, to convey emotions feelings 
even to be scary and creepy. And she does an excellent job. So I think that's ridiculous. Here's like it's the, her like, likeness or like whatever. Yeah, so if she's not even getting money for the t-shirts, that's ridiculous. Here's the headline. The nun star Bonnie Aaron sues Warner Brothers cookies you know when you get onto a website they want the cookies the yeah, next star bonnie aaron sues warner brothers she alleges the company short sh- uh, shorted her share of merchandising revenue um yeah so like apparently she is not getting um her just due as per the report aaron's was paid seventy one thousand five hundred dollars for the role in the nun which seems not like a lot of money no, not considering the size of this franchise. With her contract including a 175000 bonus tied to box office performance on top of a share of profits from merchandise um, exploiting her character. The complaint against Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, and Scope Production claims that instead of accounting and paying in a transparent fashion, Warner Brothers obscures and hides the true amount of Miss Aaron's rightful share of the merchandising revenue, all while continuing to exploit her. So I guess she's just like, without getting into like all the nitty and gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, she's saying, you know, you're using my likeness. I'm not getting yeah. paid what is in my contract. How I don't know legally how you're allowed to do that, but I guess that's why she's suing them. Well, that's why she's suing them and will hopefully be successful because if it's in the contract, then there you go. And for movies like this, especially because when The Nun came out, The Conjuring universe was already well established. So it's not as though this was like, oh, well, when we made the first Conjuring movie, we didn't know what we had. And excuses, excuses. This is, we knew exactly what we are getting into. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe of horror movies. She should be getting those sorts of residuals because she does a great job. And the nun role has become such an iconic look and figure since, what, the second Conjuring movie? When she made her first appearance? Like, that's that's now three big films that she has been a a big part of. And yeah, that, that kind of stuff I find... Ridiculous. I have a lot of many, many opinions on all this strike stuff and all these issues because I think at the end of the day, when the billionaires and millionaires are done fighting, the only people who will suffer are the consumers, which is us, where our streaming prices are going to go up, our movie ticket prices are going to go up, and we're going to have to pay the price for all this negotiating. Then you see situations like this where it's not a lead actor. We're not talking about millions of dollars. We're talking about thousands of dollars and being shortchanged by a massive corporation, which I think is absolutely wrong. Like she should be given her just dues for that. From my understanding, she's like a working actress. So like, it's not like she's being greedy. Like that's the difference between like being comfortable and having to find another job that year. It's, it's yes. And that's, that's a big deal, especially you, you don't know her situation. You don't know what other obligations she has in her life. You don't know what types of roles are coming her way. You don't exactly. know. Like, that's the thing. So, like, for all we know, hey, it's hard for her to find work. And this series has been the thing that gives her enough money to go off and do whatever she wants to do. Stage shows or things that pay less. But, you know, she's an artist and wants to be paid and wants those opportunities. So I just think it's ridiculous to sort of shortchange somebody like that when they're ta- we're talking about you know, thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars that makes a big difference to an individual, but not a big difference to the studio. It'd like be that's chunk change. It'd be interesting to compare like how much the actor from Freddy Krueger and like Mike, My- like the Mike Myers actor. Cause like mm. to me, she's like in that level. 
Yeah, you know, like a recognizable yeah. horror franchise scare yep. actor. Yep. That'd be interesting to compare. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I definitely think that. Hopefully, that this is successful. If it's in her contract, this should be completely, you know, um, a completely open and shut case. But you never know. You never know with people like that. Also, I don't know if you saw this, Taylor, but they they released the title for the next Conjuring movie. Hmm. I don't know if you saw it. No. So it's you know the Conjuring, it the Conjuring Last Rites. That makes movie. it sound like it's going to be the last movie. I hadn't heard that it was going to be the last movie, but it probably isn't. But don't doesn't no. it sound like it's it going to be? Yes, Last Rites. R I T E S. Yeah, that's uh, hmm. that's interesting. Um, I don't. They that. but no. Like it, again, it says from James Wan, but there's no director listed yet. So I don't. Again, he's he produces all of the yeah. Condor Universe stuff. So you don't. It know doesn't even that. have. Um... Uh, like a plot synopsis. No, it's it's early days. I mean, that movie's going to be years away uh, because we've got another, I believe there's another Annabelle movie even planned before that. So I think that there's other things going on. But yeah, I, I hopefully it's not the last one. But yeah, that definitely does make it sound like it might be. When you put last in there, that makes it sound right? like there's not going to be much more. <laughs> you mean, usually say rights, that for when it's done. Yeah, Last yeah. Rites is like a like a catholic thing like it's like an actual it's like a sacrament so it doesn't have to mean it's the end in the series but it it makes it sound like it's It's, it really does make it sound like that hopefully not i mean this has been such a successful you know run for them that hopefully they they can keep it going um okay we gotta move on here to another fan question um this is from uh amandy amandy uh, who writes in and says, um, so here's an interesting question for two movie fans from another movie fan. What do you do when your significant other doesn't really like the same style of movies as you do? Do you slowly introduce them to it? Do you just force them to watch it? Or do you end up having to watch a lot of movies alone? <laughs> so there's the question for The me. last one. For me um I, yeah is that, is that what it is a lot of, you know, lot of movie thing. watching by yourself here's the thing relationships are all about compromise and knowing when to give in sometimes in terms of compromise so i i have watched movies that are not my style because dan likes them dan has watched movies that were not his style because i liked them but by and large we watch I would say like our favorite genres separately and I don't think that's a bad a bad thing like we do have some overlap but um yeah I think it's just compromise and like picking your battles like I knew um I was only gonna get one movie trip out of Dan and it was between Barbie and Asteroid City and I chose Mm. Barbie you know what I mean yeah Yeah, which I I think I to me I think that's the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the good that was the one to, to do. So um and I knew it was not a Dan movie, but and he knew it wasn't a Dan movie, but because we love each other and we compromise, he went with me. You know, but um yeah, yeah I watch. I would say the majority of the movies I watch for this podcast, I watch alone. Like nine out of ten movies, probably. I'm watching on my own. 
Yeah. And again, you know, you're married. So in terms of like the, the, the dating universe, you've won, you've achieved yeah. the goal, <laughs> right? So you, you, your, you advice, <laughs> your advice should be listened to more so than anyone else's. For example, mine, where I would give the exact opposite advice. I don't compromise at all. Listen, I'm the type of person who will see anything. Like when it comes to movies, at least there is no genre I will not at least watch. And there's almost no movie that I will eliminate just because of its genre. Like I would, I would give it a try with whatever. Now, sometimes you get in things where it's like, it's the third movie in this really, you know, thing. It's the, you know, the, the Tyler Perry series or whatever, where it's like, what, what is this? Um, so I am more in the line of like, well, I'm going to go see these movies. And if you want to join me, you're absolutely welcome to. Otherwise, I'm going anyway. But I'm not not seeing the movies that I want to see in order to see this other movie. I would say, well, then we will be seeing both at two separate times. Or like, you know, we'll go to one and then we'll go to the other. Like, I'm more of a compromise in that mentality of like, well, I'll see anything. But I'm also going to anything. But I also agree with what you said, Taylor, of you don't have to, I think, have the same like hobbies or enjoy all the same things. Like I think it's okay to have your own interests and it's okay to watch certain things that are genre alone. Like I I will, you know, it's very tough for me to introduce Star Trek to someone. You know, it's not something that I'm, I always rush to do because I'm like, I don't really care if she likes Star Trek or not, because if any anyone out there that I date tries to make me choose between them and Star Trek, they will be out the door so fast. Like I will, I will answer that question immediately and say, I am picking Star Trek over you. There's the door. So there you go. That's, uh, that's my response. But don't listen to me. Taylor is the one to listen to. I think like what you said, Mike, like makes a lot of sense. Like you're going anyways, if you want to come, come like that's like, um, like pre-baby like pre-illness when I like was going into the movie theaters I would just go by myself to the movie theaters you know what I mean and if Dan wanted to come he came and if he didn't want to come I went alone so like I don't think your partner's preferences should stop you from doing what you want to do and also like don't force them you know what I mean? Like if they're not, if they don't want to watch the movie, they don't want to watch the movie. So anyways, yeah. don't be afraid to do things alone. Don't be afraid to eat at a restaurant yeah. alone. There, I think we live in a culture that like is very like, oh, what will people think of me if I like go to this movie or like. <laughs> That's because it was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? It's the is whole it? scene of, yeah. So he goes to the restaurant and it's Jonah Hill who's serving him. And he's like, okay, I'll, you know, table for one. And he's like, by yourself? Do you, do you want me to give you a book? Like, do you, do you want to, like, so... I don't remember that. <laughs> Makes don't a know, big deal about it? Um, I don't know. Like, I just think you don't always have to have a partner to do do things no. with you. You know what I mean? Like, be no. brave and try things on your own. But at the end of the day, it's all about compromise. You yeah, I give agree. And take. Yeah, I, and, and I think at the end of the day, you don't have to give up. And I don't think it's good if you give up the things that, that you like. So if you're looking... To, like it's different like if you're looking to introduce someone to certain movies that mean a lot to you it's okay if they don't feel the same way about it that you do i think it's the kind of the main point that i'm trying to make so i i but i've been in the i've been on the reverse situation too where i'm a big movie fan i like everything but you know i'll be watching a movie and it's like oh it's her favorite movie of all time and i might have to temper my responses a little bit right but i'm you know i'm not suddenly going to start liking something i but that doesn't mean you can't support it and you can't be like, well, I mean, I'll watch it with you because it's your thing. But this doesn't mean I'm going to 
absolutely like it. So, but uh, yeah, I would, I would never compromise. I, I'm, I'm serious, Taylor. I, I would, I would I choose it. Star Trek over, over <laughs> any, any lady who tried to make me choose, take Star Trek away. I would say absolutely not. Unless you're talking about Star Trek discovery. Other than that, you can take that. Uh, last fan question here um, comes from, I think this is name is Alice, but there's like a Y in there. And there's a lot of other letters. So I think it's Alice, but please correct me if that's wrong. Um, hi, I just discovered your podcast. And I was wondering if you had any movie suggestions for something more light when my parents come to visit me at school. They're big movie fans. Um, and I'm always looking for something interesting and new to introduce them to. They've seen a lot of older movies, but not much from the past 20 years or so. They always want to watch movies with me, and I'm a bit of a strange movie gal myself. So I'm wondering if you have any suggestions for something more lighter that you've seen in the past two years that you think parents would absolutely love. That's a tough Parent one. movies. That is a tough one. I just I, really, It's hard well, to know without knowing who the parents are, but... I know, like, people are like, they all watch anything lighthearted. Will they, though? <laughs> yeah, what, and what's, uh, yeah, what, and, and because they probably won't. I don't, yeah. And, like, do yeah. you mean, like, comedy? So I just reviewed You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, and I said that would be a good family movie. Like, That's it was true. in that the murder good. mystery movies that my grandma recommended to me <laughs> were lighthearted. And I feel like anything Adam Sandler right now on Netflix in yes. the past two years is probably uh, fair a, game. There was a movie a couple years ago that I think is a good sort of family watch, but but is good for like a little bit older, like when you don't have like kids around, like, you know, a family when the kids are older and such, which would be Game Night. So oh, Game yeah. Night's one of those movies that I think, you know, it is a few years old, but I she did say in the last 20 years or so. So, yeah, I think Game Night's a fun one because it's like, well, it's about board games, about Game Night, and the couple's are all like, you know, either just having kids or just had kids or in that age, like they're a little bit younger than maybe your parents might be, but not so far removed that they wouldn't like know exactly what's going on here. Like the game nights were such a predominant thing for a lot of people. So I think that there's, there's some value to that. And that's kind of, that's a comedy thriller adventure kind of thing. Even the Knives Out movies. The Knives Out ones are good ones. Would be good ones. Yeah. I forget. I am... It was a Netflix movie. I don't know if it was in the last two years. It was like, and I don't know if you watched this, Mike, but they somehow like witness a murder or get like accused of murder and they're literally like breaking up, but they have to like go to a party. Is this oh, ringing any of itself? Isn't, uh, um, oh, who's in that? Yes, it is. And I, it, on the tip of my tongue, I, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Kamel Nimjami is in it, right? Yes, yes. And he plays, he's him and his girlfriend are breaking up and they witness a murder and that like forces them to have to continue to <laughs> communicate, right? Like that was that's yeah. the whole concept. Is that Yeah, they don't want to have anything to do with each other, but they're forced to be yes, together yes. because of the murder You reviewed witnessed. this. You reviewed yes, this. and I thought yes. it was quite funny. And if only I could remember the name of it. It's that's a Netflix a good, movie. It's a Netflix right. movie. Yes. That one is definitely a good one. I wish, oh my gosh. Okay. I it's so funny because I just saw he had a new TV show um uh about the person who started Chippendales. Um, yeah, I, I and I was I was 
watching an interview with him and this he brought this movie up <laughs> so like this dip definitely has been brought up but i how I do you just spell don't his name and i can Google i'm, I'm looking for it right now okay. i'm looking for it be in his, spelling of his or name. whatever yes that's why I'm, I'm going to his imdp uh, and i'm getting there by way of uh, uh his marvel movie um which very underrated i i really liked it but um Apparently, this is, great, um, this is great content for a podcast. So that's I know, us up. Googling. He got <laughs> jacked, eh? Was it for his Lovebirds? The Lovebirds. The Lovebirds. Yes, that's it. Yeah, okay. so he had to, he did that specifically for Marvel um, because that's what I guess you do. I mean, you can do it in, in suits and stuff now, but he had to do it for Marvel. But then also, he did the Chip and Dale's movie, almost like her TV show, not long after. So I think he like got fit and did like a bunch of movies that suited <laughs> that body type in a row. Uh, and then he could probably go back to whatever he wants. But yes, he, he was in a Marvel movie and then he did the, the he was in Eternals and then he did the Chippendales, whatever. He was in one of the, um, I can't remember which one, but he was in one of the Star Wars TV shows recently too. Like he's been pumping around all over the place. Wait, they're redoing History of the World Part 2? Or Part 1, but they're doing a Part 2? What? Now, nah, this is really good content. You just Yeah, we're just literally... You're reading the Wikipedia. Off. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get off IMDb here. So, um, uh, long story short, watch The Lovebirds. <laughs> watch yeah, Murder Mystery. Watch Game Night. Um, there's a couple, like, cute spy movies. Like, uh, that movie with Mila Kunis, her ex... Her ex is um, a spy. Yes, I think my, it's called uh, My Ex is a Spy. My, something like that. Like, or I dated a spy or yeah. something. Um, um, that was a good one. Yeah, that's another good movie. But again, like, these are, like, very light, breezy comedies. So I don't know what you mean by, like, lighter. <laughs> and also, some of it has, like, blue humor. Not everyone's... Some parents are, like, very conservative. Like, don't even want swears in their movies. So maybe watch them first. See if they're okay for your parents. Yeah. Yeah. But those were those are good suggestions. I think that kind of suits that kind of suits hopefully what they're looking for. But hey, right again, line. let us know how the the movie session with your parents go. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take a look. Um, okay, let's review some movies. Um, Taylor, uh, first of all, I saw I did I went and saw Gran Turismo in in the movie theater, but I'll save that till the end. I was going to watch another movie put it kind of on hold i had to rent it because i got to go to secret and trees but then i i decided last night oh i'm i'm up kind of late i might as well watch this this horror movie so i watched a movie called cobweb i don't know if you've heard anything no. about that okay kind of flew out on the radar just came out this summer uh did have a short theatrical run like this is the movie that i actually did some research on saying like hey why did it open when it did it it was directly quoted that the producers like well we wanted the digital releases in october or close to october and we wanted to build some buzz and get reviews because the reviews for this are actually quite strong so the movie's called cobweb it is set primarily not 100 but primarily just in a home surrounding the parents and and their son so uh lizzie kaplan plays the mother and some guy who I guess is a big TV person. He looked kind of familiar, but I don't I don't know his name offhand. Um, so they have a, a young son, kind of preteen, a little bit, maybe like 10 years old kind of age. 
who's getting bullied at school, having some problems. This movie is filled like to the brim with horror movie cliches, but cliches are cliches for a reason because when they work, they're extremely effective. And this movie, every little thing worked for me. This was the first horror movie in in a long time where I actually legitimately felt creeped out a lot of the time. All the things that they did in it just worked for me. The atmosphere they set up in this film, like perfect. Again, I don't know anything about the writer or where this film even came from or the director, but it was so well done and so well executed. I really think you've got to put it on your list of movies to find over the next month or so as you go up to Halloween because it's just... It, this is it's the movie so, you think I'll like? Yes, because it's so refreshing, but it's what you've seen before. Right. It, it is cliched in terms of what's going on. I mean, the, I, the things I'm willing to give away for it are, are sort of the general premise. It takes place in this house, and this young boy, maybe 10 years old, starts hearing knocking in his walls. And you're uncertain, and the parents are uncertain if it's a dream, if it's nightmares. He seems to have nightmares and dreams as well in there. So it's really unreliable from the beginning as what what is exactly going on. I can't really say anything more than that about it, because from that point forward, we'd be getting into spoilers. Right. So it everything they do in it, you've seen before, you've seen in different horror movies, but it just works in this. The, the parents, there's something off about them. You feel that right from the beginning. They seem a little strange, but you're not sure. Is this the kid's imagination? Is is he just having nightmares? Is it in real life? Like You just really have no sense as to what's going on. And it creates this unsettled atmosphere that really, really is effective. Like I actually found it legitimately unsettling and creepy. And I thought that the direction of the film was phenomenal. Like they just, they did everything right to make it feel and it's set around Halloween. Like it has, it's the perfect movie I think to watch in October. Cause it just feels like it belongs in that month. Um, and the cast knocks it out of the park. Like Lizzie Kaplan's fantastic in it. Um, whoever the guy is who plays her <laughs> husband is also really good. The kid is good for a kid actor is really good. There's like a, a role, like his teacher, he's got some bullies, like everyone's very good in it. Um, and it just reminded me of a lot of horror movies that I think you've seen and I've seen and I'm sure everyone's seen. But I really do think cliches are cliches because they have at one point in time worked. And when you do it well, it could be really effective. So that's I thought I that this was really well done. That's how I feel about The Boy. Yeah, The Boy. Yes. little I, cliche, I think, but I thought that yes. movie was quite scary. I haven't seen the sequel. I think The Boy is a good comparable to this in a little bit. Not quite in what happens, but in terms of the atmosphere. Because the atmosphere of The Boy and this are very, like, it's very good. Very unsettling. Right. And, and the cliches just work. Like, they know how to do the cliches properly. Including things like, you know, in a jump scare, you expect the scare to happen at one point. But then they they throw, you know, through a loop. And if that happens at a different point, after you relax, like, they do all those little tricks. And it just works really effectively. So I think even this is a small movie. You know, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know how long it was. It felt very short, but it was very, you know, low budget, small cast in various rooms, not, not too much of a big setting. You get a small sense of the community they're in. You can tell kind of the, the general feeling for the place, but everything just has this unsettling October fall feeling to it. And I thought it was fantastic. Like cobweb for me, it's a see it. 
I know it's not really in theaters anymore, but they're going to have a digital release. I rented it on YouTube. So you can get it on YouTube right now if you want to. It was well worth the rental price. Like I thought it was a fantastic movie, but I know it's coming to streaming and they're doing digital releases and stuff throughout um, October. So when it's available, Cobweb, uh, for you, Taylor, for the Tyler Vances in the world, because I do think it's just a really well-crafted movie and I think a lot of people would really enjoy it um, because it just kind of worked. All those cliches worked for me. And I, I I think it was just, even though it was an early horror movie, it just, it worked. I, I actually got out of my YouTube purchase, Taylor, and I was thinking, oh, wow, that was you. That was like worth it. <laughs> like I, I spent this money finally and it was like oh that that felt good so there you go cobweb go check it out see it's a see it for me at the very good first start to this horror movie. i'm looking forward to the nun too like i really am but this was like a nice sort of start to the ease to the yourself in yeah because it, it is a cliched movie I'm, I'm not i keep repeating it because i don't want to deny that you, you know it's you're going to watch it and think well, it's not novel don't no. think it's like the newest get no. out it's what but it's saying. no, not at all. It, but it's it's good, and the boys a very good comparable. It's things you've seen before, even in the Conjuring films in Annabelle. We've seen variations of those things before, but it's the way they execute it that makes it good. This is a much more low budget movie, but it reminded me a lot of like The Visit. The boys a good comparison. When it works, it works. Yeah, when it works, it works. And when you have that small isolated cast, and you're creating this creepy like ambience throughout the whole movie that just sits with you always works for me cool. there you go that's my cobweb review uh taylor you finally found a movie you've been looking for forever yeah uh well, why don't you tell us about it i like movies from 2022 this was nicole our tiff correspondent one of her recommendations from the film festival um and i've been dying to see it but it's a very small independent canadian movie so it's been difficult to find you know i'm dumb i feel like i'm I should have checked CBC Gem, but I think I even looked on CBC Gem and couldn't find it. So anyways, I thought, oh, I don't know what I want to watch this week. Let's Google again to see if I Like Movies is available to rent on um, streaming platforms. So I rented it on Amazon. It was like $4.99. You can get it on YouTube um, as well if you don't have Amazon Prime. And um, yeah, so I've been dying to see this movie for a couple reasons. A, Nicole like raved about it. This was one of her picks from the film festival. But it also is set in Burlington, my hometown. Mm. <laughs> um, and <laughs> it's about a high schooler who is obsessed with movies. Right. And um, he goes to Aldershot High School, which is a high school that I didn't attend, but I'm familiar with. I knew people. Who oh, it's, it's actually a real high school. Yep. Real high okay. school. Um, and, um, yeah, so there's always something we talk, I talk about this sometimes when I watch Canadian movies, it is always such a pleasure to watch a Canadian movie that isn't like Canada by way of New York. You know what I mean? Like I where, know, they, where yeah. they, they don't mention that it's Canada cause they like yeah. wanted to do well in American. It's like, nope, this movie literally takes place in Burlington. They say it takes place in Burlington. Um, they do like, uh, you know, it's at Eldershot High School, real high school. Um, they mention it, the movie revolves around um, a video rental place. So like, obviously, it's like Blockbuster, but not Blockbuster. And they say like the Brand Street location, which would have been my Blockbuster location 
<laughs> you know what I really? mean? Like, yeah. This is really hitting home for you. Yeah, this like, is really. like hitting all the marks. Yeah. So I would have been like 12. This movie is set in 2003. So I would have been like 12. Um, so not like exactly the right age, but like definitely like hit really well. I thought it was a very charming movie. Um, for a long time, as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this is a see it. Like very, you know, like. I would describe the movie as a coming of age movie. Like there is a little bit of comedy, but it's almost more of a drama, but like that maybe isn't fair. So I would call it like a coming of age movie about this like oh, okay. awkward, um, you know, I think he's like 17, 18. Like he wants to go to NYU for film studies, like very pretentious. Everyone in the movie knows he's pretentious. Uh, like two times in the movie, they're like, he's, deeply emotionally disturbed or like he has emotional problems so like he's like this angsty uh pretentious film nerd right and that's who the lead of the movie is it worked for me until there was one point in the movie where his boss has a monologue and it's supposed to be a very like emotionally uh you learn something like very traumatic about this character and it's just like, it just didn't work for me. I don't know if it was the direction. I don't know if it was the writing. Um, and then after that, I was kind of like, what? And then like the character after this long, like really emotional monologue says like, you know, Lawrence, that's the name of like the young kid. I just like really want your approval. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like you know, the rewind noise, like, yes, yes. like put on the brakes. Why would a 30 year old beautiful manager of this video store want the approval of this admittedly awkward and weird 17 year old boy because that's the character right the awkward and weird stuff is well established that's not like a shocking thing like that is who the, this person is They're but it's shocking that like the the manager knows about this about that character so right. why would okay. the, in in no universe would this gorgeous woman want this kid's approval that's probably that's very true i i can attest that is absolutely true yeah <laughs> so I was like, what? So like what? So um that like really like took me out of the the movie. Like yeah. it like up until yeah. then, like they're like cute little friendship, like you can tell like he's falling in love with her or whatever. And like that makes that checks out. You know, the 17-year-old boy would be falling in love with this like really beautiful manager, whatever, whatever. So to me it's still a see it. I but like I see it like a loose see it, I guess. Oh, I really? Think okay, was, so on the lower end of you. Yeah, on the lower it. end of see it. A, <laughs> it was like, it was very well written. It was very well acted. Like, it didn't mm. feel like that, you know, that awkward Canadian acting. Except <laughs> for a little it bit. It doesn't feel Canadian, yeah. Except for the monologue <laughs> scene. I'm like, mm. <laughs> oh, well, we talked about, But we've talked about this before, Taylor, that, that unfortunately, a lot of Canadian films we've seen this is a well-deserved like criticism where this is the way it goes, where you have awkward acting kind of stagey feels like acting, not quite working for films. So it sounds like they just couldn't escape it. Like this monologue happened. And unfortunately some of that seeped through. Yeah. Like, and I feel bad, like the actress again, like, I don't know if it was the directing or the writing, but like, mm -hmm. it almost felt like, um, like, stage acting at a certain point 
you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was like she wasn't doing film acting anymore, and it was like watching like a monologue on a stage. Yes. And like the rest of the movie isn't like that, and it's also about movies and not theater. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I thought it was well written. It's a short. It's under two hours. It's definitely like a coming of age. There's not. It's not like um. Again, talking about like things not being like groundbreaking or new like it's definitely like a pretty by the book coming of age story but it's always refreshing to see like a very canadian movie that's like not afraid to be canadian like it Mm -hmm. takes place in canada um it talks about like canadian schools um so yeah it was a see it for me it was uh it was worth the 4.99 or whatever i paid for it as a rental um just like be aware there's like a that cringy monologue and if anyone else has seen the movie and thought that the monologue wasn't cringy please let me know but yeah please write in i thought it was a little like oh what what i i love discussing canadian content uh whenever we can i know we cover like all movies and a lot of mainstream stuff but i'm happy to have that discussion if someone has a different opinion on on that movie but yeah the the the, i shouldn't say kid because he probably isn't like a child, but the actor who played Lawrence Isaiah Letian, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Um, he did not feel like a Degrassi actor. You mm. know what I mean? Like he, yes, yeah, he felt like it. It was very good. And his buddy, he has like a a friend. Um, he he was very good as well. So yeah, it was. But you know what? A lot of these kids are now acting in like Netflix. There seems to be a mm-hmm. lot of Canadians on Netflix. That's great. Very, I, I, I could be wrong, but very different than like CBC, CTV, mm. which is yes. what like what we grew up watching. Yeah. yeah, it is. And frankly, I mean, Netflix has the budget. They've got a little bit more time to spend. They can they can work with actors, I think, and they get filmmakers who have a bit more experience. Like you, your talent is one thing, but a very good director can can pull certain performances up out of actors. So if you work with more experienced filmmakers, you will get better. So you know, a lot of kids who come from doing CBC CTV stuff, then they get in a couple of movies and they get to Netflix. They're just going to improve, and that's really good to see. Oh no! Okay, just a quick aside: the the actor who plays the friend, and I like movies. Was on Wednesday. You watched Wednesday. I did. He played yes. um, uh, Xavier Thorpe. I don't know if that. Oh, okay. Yes, it does. Yeah. He's been <laughs> yes. written off because apparently what? there's allegations of sexual misconduct. So. Oh. Boo, on on the set of Wednesday specifically. I don't know. I don't oh, know. I haven't read enough. I, just in general, I haven't read enough to know like what the allegations are. But okay, apparently, yeah. he's being written out of the second season. Was he a big? Yeah, part he of was the- a big character. Yes, he was part of the like main six kids. Hmm. Um, she sort of Wednesday kind of had two not really love interests, but two guys who like were fat, like infatuated with her, and one of them was Xavier Thorpe, who who was like one of the kids at the school. And then uh, Tyler, I think, is the name of the other one. Um, and they were both like, you know, they, they're both in the community or going to the school. Um, and I'm pretty sure Xavier Thorpe was um, one of the students she meets. I think he was a werewolf, I want to say. Mm. He was something. He was definitely something. Or maybe he had magical power. He might have had magical powers. Um, so, yeah, that's a big character to write off. That's, but there you go. 
Um, you know okay. what? Like, <laughs> I know we're running out of time. Sorry. I got to get the That's a whole here, other, yes. we could just keep talking about this. Anyways. We could. Continue. And we, and we, we can, we can always make room for those things and we'll come back and chat more as news comes. We'll, we'll chat more about that. Um, yes. I just want to get to my Gran Turismo review very quickly. Um, mainly because Taylor, you criticized this movie. Not, just, not two weeks ago. It looks so cringy <laughs> from the, you're telling me. Well, you thought the trailer looked good. I thought the trailer looked so cringy. It was um, it was a, a pleasant surprise of a oh, movie. There you um, go. I did not 100% know what to expect. I'm not a huge car person. Um, I do like, you know, sports stories, which, you know, NASCAR racing is a sport in some capacity. Um, so I'm not a big car person, but I was very fascinated by this. And anytime they take a video game, and they do something with it in movies. I'm always fascinated by that because they've had a run of it not being successful, but are recently on a much better sort of path to, to the movies. Um, and again, it's based on a true story, which I didn't know. Like I had no idea about any of this happening, but apparently it actually is based on a true story of like a company, one of the sponsors of, of the, the race, and they have their own team, did a contest of of the, the attaching to this video game of the best players of this video game would have a chance to race in an actual race and one was successful um and he got an opportunity to to race in a bunch of uh, things which is very interesting this movie it it actually was like pretty dramatic and and pretty like um it kept you on the edge of your seat which I wasn't expecting. I thought it was just going to be one of those like rising star moments, but because also I didn't know hundred percent what happened, I found it actually pretty intense at times. Um, and a lot of that had to do with not knowing what was going to happen next. There's two or three really dramatic turns that I wasn't expecting. And the relationship between him and his father was really interesting. <clears throat> um, but I, I got to give a big shout out to David Harbour who plays the guy who's basically there to train him. I like him. He was, yeah. And he was phenomenal in this movie. Like he was, he's kind of a reluctantly training all these kids, putting them fitter paces, but he's the one coming in saying like, this is a joke that you're doing this. And I'm here to prove, (laughs) yes, I'm here to prove this is impossible because he takes it very seriously. It's like, it's of course they're professional actors. It's a job are the people who, who drive racing. And he's like, he was explaining all of it. And there's things I didn't know, but like how much force, like G force you feel when you drive the cars that fast and how much pressure it puts on your body. And like the kids not being expecting for it. And then trying to be like, you can't just go in there as a, as a sloppy gamer. Like you have to be in shape, which is something that I just didn't even really think, think about honestly. Um, so I, I thought this movie was actually pretty good. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be as interesting as it was. Um, it falls into a lot of those tropes that you are that you know are coming in, like, sports movies or, you know, are coming in these, like, go from, you know, small town and rising star. But it was interesting enough to keep my attention for most of the movie, despite having a lot of elements in it that normally I wouldn't like. And Taylor, like, I honestly left this movie going, I actually think this could have widespread appeal. Like, I don't know how you would feel about it. But I, I don't think you'd hate this movie because it had enough in it where it's like, well, that, you know, there's dramatic turns. There's good dynamics in the different relationships. It's not just based on this sort of kid and doing this impossible thing. Like they explain 
the racing versus the video game and the differences like quite well and him failing and then coming through it and trying to succeed it's all done in such a realistic way and i know it did really happen but sometimes movies still have a tendency to make things seem larger than life even when it really happened and this felt really grounded like i'm like i could be watching kind of a documentary and i and i wouldn't be surprised because it felt that grounded and real and a lot of that had to do with the fact that the filmmakers made a choice that we're doing nothing with cgi like it's actual cars Okay. And they got the the guy now that he's older who was the kid does all the stunts. So oh, the real really guy neat. is the stunt driver and drives around the track. It, yeah, neat. very interesting. Yeah. And I, I saw an interview with David Harbour and he had to go up. So they had stunt drivers for all the driving, right? And he's like, I'm the only actor who had to actually go up in the helicopter because they would, didn't have a stunt person for me. And there were scenes where he's in a helicopter following the cars to like, give them notes like from above to watch what they're doing and he was like yeah we had to do it and it was real and i had to get up in the helicopter and it was the scariest thing i've ever done (laughs) (laughs) and and i think someone in the interview was like oh you know in stranger things he's like that's all cgi (laughs) he was just good he's like like, marvel cgi this like cgi he's like i've never done this (laughs) but he yeah apparently it looked good it worked like all that sacrifice and all that extra money to make things feel real it actually felt like a real interesting movie. To me, they made car racing actually interesting, which I think is a goal if you did that. Now, with that being said, there are some things in this movie that are very, very tropey. I think it like skips over some of the things that I thought were more interesting. Like there's this whole dynamic with his family, especially his father. His family disappears in this movie for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And then they have this emotional moment later. And all I'm thinking is, what? Where <laughs> like were you? you? You completely, yeah, you completely like skipped this really good moment. I also think the lead actor wasn't great. Like I like David Harbour was fantastic, but the lead actor, he was fine. And I think that that really hurt the movie a bit for me because it's just, this is the person we're, we're supposed to be following. And he seemed a little wooden and a little, even when he's talking passionately about you know, racing and that being the only thing that's important in his life and how gaming is a big part of that, you didn't really feel it. Like he just felt like a very awkward kid that you would kind of not take super seriously. Again, maybe that was the character. Maybe that's what they were going for. But for a movie like this and for a lead, he came off a little wooden. So that was just another sort of criticism I had. Um, so all in all, like I, I thought it was a very good movie, but I don't think it quite made it to a see it for me. Like I'm going to give it a stream it. I'm dying though- to know how was Orlando Bloom? Orlando Bloom was fine. I he didn't know it was him until the I end of the movie. He's not in a lot. <laughs> no, he's not. And and he didn't really like I I during the movie I'm like, I think that's Orlando Bloom, but then at the end it was confirmed. He was fine. Like he he did a very good job. He plays the kind of marketing person who's behind all this and approaches everything from a sales marketing kind of standpoint. I thought he was he was he was good. He did his job well. He wasn't sticking out like a sore thumb. He he worked in the movie. I think he's a fine actor. So yeah, he did he did well. But I'm giving it a stream it just because I think you can wait and watch this at home. I think it's a nice kind of fun afternoon movie or like weekend movie we don't know what to watch. Oh, let's give this a shot. I wouldn't run out to the theaters to see it, but still it was worth seeing. So I'm gonna give it a stream it. Um there you go, Taylor. You're definitely the MVP of this episode because you talked a lot more 
than you let on that you would. So you did a great <laughs> job. Um, thank Maybe you so much. much. Maybe I was yeah, well, no, that, not at all. Um, but thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, we're going to have a uh, guest host next week because we're taking a week off, so we've got a pre-record. But it is new stuff, so don't worry. Nice new episode coming next week. Go see some movies. <laughs>